good to be in the city of brotherly love. I can expect to feel that brotherly love here tonight, is that right? So you are ready to have a good time, is that right? <laughs> and that's what we're gonna do. Listen, I'm gonna go back and do a few songs from the first album. And thank you so much. Thank you much. Do a few from the second, pull out a few from the third, and then just slip into some of the Bodyguard soundtrack. Hello and welcome to Live Fix. This is Chris. This is Colleen. And uh, we're we're excited. There's love. Love is in the air. Uh, it's that time of year when everybody's you know thinking about love and live music. So hopefully, love always exists, though. Right. Hopefully, it's not just around February 14th. I I hope so. I hope so. Because the whole origins of you know Valentine's Day and you know, the whole, you know, uh, Hallmark thing, it's, you know, it, it is, it, it does, get, it does get kind of lame after a while. It's like, do you have to show love? Do you have to get chocolate for somebody to know that they love you? Or do you love them, you know? But we're, we're going to do some things that are a little it's bit nice different. It's nice to set aside a day. Sure, sure it is, right? You're not going to object to me giving you uh, flowers and chocolate and, you know, all that stuff, right? No objection to you know? that. I mean, I, you know, I tell you I love you every day, right? I mean, that's kind of how we how we do that so we're gonna talk about love and live music though because we all know as concert fans that the two are eternally linked together every single show there's some kind of love going on whether it's you know what we were hearing there you know it's uh, a little bit of a you know, sad news obviously huge, huge news uh, this weekend uh, Whitney Houston um, was found dead in uh, Beverly Hills in an apartment, and as we were actually a hotel. Uh, hotel. Hotel. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Did I say apartment? Yes. Yeah. Hotel sorry. because uh, she was preparing for the Grammys. Yeah, she was getting ready for uh, you know the uh, yearly uh, Clive Davis uh, pre-Grammy party, and you know they found her uh, you know dead in, in the in the hotel. Uh, sad, sad news. And you know while we were putting together this show, we. You know, we had some different things that we were going to going to talk about, and you know, it's just weird how things kind of you know end up going, you know, some some way. So, uh, but we did have a show planned here today to you know to talk about love because Valentine's Day is coming up. So, um, we're gonna we're gonna look at what is love, right? You know, what uh, 
what, what are some things that go on in our brains, some of the chemical reactions. There's a lot of things that go on in, in our brains, in our bodies that, you know, that, that trigger love. And right? we're going to talk about how you could maybe find love at a concert. Yeah. And what that looks like from a scientist's perspective. Yeah, because love does not happen in a vacuum. I mean, there are things that you have to do at a show. And to we create love. Right. Right, you know, bands know this. Bands plan set lists for a reason, you know. Set lists are like love letters for fans at concerts. I mean, you, you, you can look at it that way. You know, we've talked to different bands and we say, we've, we've asked them, what's the story behind your, you know, the set list? And what it comes down to is that it's their love letter to you at a show because they have it all written out. You know, they're watching it. They're reading it from, you know, from the stage. So there's all these different types of, of love exchanges going on at a show. And we're going to give you guys some tips you know, and tell, you know, tell some stories about how you can, you know, I, I, I was, I was just going to say how you can make love at a concert, but I don't know if I want to actually say it like that. Cause I guess that could be taken a couple different ways. Right. But anyways, we're going to, we're going to tell some stories about love and live music. But first, before we get to that, we're going to, we're going to look at some uh, live music news. And like we were, we came here, uh, you know, we came into the show, we were playing a track from, uh, Whitney Houston, uh, what was that, 19, you say 1994? Yeah, uh, she was, it's live um, in Philadelphia at the Spectrum um, at, from ni- J- June 26, 1994. Yeah. It was a live track, um, and we are going to end the show with another live track. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's only, it, it, it's fitting, you know, because Whitney Houston, she's saying a lot about love, you know, and uh, she had a huge connection with her fans, and... When we found out about the news last night, you know, I one of the things I do when I when I see, you know, artists die. And of course, you know, you know, on Twitter, you, you have these like rumors, these you know, rest in peace rumors that that go. But you know, when I knew it was true that you know Whitney Houston was um, was found dead, you know, I went to Twitter and I went to see how the fans were going to react because that seems to be the place where fans are going to express you know their grief, you know, where they're going to mourn, and it's it, it is really amazing. Or fans will stand outside of the place of the death. Right. I was watching a footage today of fans. They went to the hotel where she was found, huh. and they were singing her songs outside. Really? So, and I mean that was very popular for Michael Jackson as right. well. Right. I, I was just going to say that. You know, you got these... in crowds and, and sang. Right. Um, I think there was even a gathering in Gary, Indiana, his um, boyhood home. Yeah. You know, where people were singing and celebrating. And so, mm-hmm. yes, it, it always happens on Twitter, but there's always that those group of cr- that crowd or those group of fans that, like, have to be there and have to, to be in the moment and, and sing and remember in that way. And I think it was very similar for Elvis, too. You know, when Elvis died, right. people had to go to Graceland. Yeah, I mean, it's people having these, these you know, I, I have, you know, a list of uh, artists that if they were to die today... I, I would have a, a huge emotional uh, reaction, you know, to that. You know, I think at first I used to go, wow, these people are going crazy, you know, and why are they doing this? You know, she's just an artist. And I think throughout the years I've kind of understood that a little bit better on, on, on a deeper level. So as I'm watching all these people tweet last uh, last night, and it's they're still going now. We I, uh, There's a post up on Live Fix about, uh, you know, how fans are using Twitter and YouTube and all these other you know social networks to express their grief. Uh, it's really, really, really fascinating stuff. And um, 
kind of a little personal story here is that one of the things I noticed in talking about, you know, in the whole uh, Whitney Houston, uh, you know, situation is that uh, it kind of it brought back some some grief for me, you know, some emotions that I really didn't think about, you know, and one of the things that it, that it brought out was uh, my dad, uh, who died ni- who died in I was going to say 1990 or whatever, but uh, 2010, a couple years ago. Uh, he was a huge Whitney Houston fan. Like, he loved Whitney Houston. And I remember one time where he came back from a show, and this is 1987. There was a, a venue in in the suburb of, suburb of Chicago called Poplar Creek. And it's just in a town called, uh, it's uh, Hoffman Estates. No longer there anymore. They now, now it's called the Sears Center. They built on top of it or whatever. But he came home from the show, and I, I remember like he just had this, like his face was like lit up, you know, of course my mom and him went to the, went to the show. We, you know, we stayed home with babysitter or whatever. And I was like, where, where'd they go? What, what's going on? You know, I didn't really understand it, you know, but one of the relics from that show, he bought this, um, the Whitney Houston, uh, the Whitney, uh, album, you know, she's in the dancing kind of, um, exercise suit or whatever, you know, like I remember that thing from that that time so I'm looking at all these tweets last night and I'm like what's going on you know like so I went to try and find that find that album couldn't find it but um one of the things that was interesting is that reading all these tweets from from these fans is that everybody seemed to have one of their first concerts was was Whitney Houston you know we've we've looked at all these different artists before and I don't really see that many saying you know this you know this artist was the very first concert I ever went to. Like, it was just more and more and more. I mean, she had a really massive impact. She only recorded, you know, um, she didn't record a whole lot of albums, you know, and one of the amazing things is that I was looking at this, and she didn't she didn't record a proper live album. You know, she had a diva album that she recorded, and, you know, the Star Spangled Banner after the Super Bowl performance that she did is, you know, is legendary. But aside from that, she didn't really have any official live recording album. Not like today when bands put out, right. you know, three, four, five live albums. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I just thought that was amazing because the, uh, the track that you guys were listening to, that was actually a bootleg that we, we had found on there uh, from that Philadelphia uh, concert. So it's it's kind of interesting. An artist like her, who didn't, who had such a, a an amazing emotional connection with her fans during the show, she didn't she didn't have a proper live album where they where they captured that that essence with her. Um, one of the reasons you know that I think that happened, I was kind of looking at some of the the details behind, is that she covered a lot of artists and she invited a lot of artists on stage. So they some of the people that were writing about the whole fact that she didn't have a live album were saying, but there's a lot of copyright stuff going on and it just never, never worked out. But nonetheless, I mean, she sold millions and millions and millions of albums, you know, and a large part of that was because people were having this amazing experience with her, you know, at the show, people, you know, people like my dad and it didn't matter, you know, the, the male or female or race or whatever. I mean, she, she went across all, all boundaries, you know, much like, like you're saying, Michael Jackson. So, interesting stuff, man. I mean, I know you're you're a big Whitney Houston fan. What's uh Absolutely. It's you know? a, it's a sad day. Yeah. Sad morning to to find out um, you know, on last night, you know, finding out and um, you know, I just think that uh it it unfortunately it is 
I guess, a loss in the fact that you she will not ever make any more music, you know, and that's I mean, that's always the sad thing about artists who die, like Amy Winehouse. I mean, they will never make more any more records. They won't make, you know, um, you know, some of them had acting careers. Whitney Houston had an acting career. She did some great movies. Um, you know, I was trying to think today. You know, The Bodyguard's a big one, but Waiting to Exhale, she was in. Mm-hmm. Um, the Preacher's Wife, I mean, she was in a couple, and she did very well. You know, and a lot of her roles included her voice. You know, so I, I think that's the that's the sad news, is that there won't be any more, you know, um, any more of that, you know, music from Whitney. So, uh, and I don't think, I, I know you can't replace that. You know, so that's, I think that's what a lot of the fans Yeah, I mean, she was, she was one of a kind, you know, obviously. We were just listening to that, and I was noticing, like, how I was feeling while I was listening to that. I, I never saw Whitney Houston live before. But just listening to that, you know, I was getting chills. You know, I, the, the, the hair on the back of my neck was standing up. And I'm like, wow. I wonder what it must have been like to be in the, in, in the spectrum at Philadelphia, you know, in Philadelphia, or what it was like to see her perform at... Um, you know, Poplar Creek, you know, I, I remember my dad, he, he remembers specific points of the show. He always talks about the dance and the confetti like blowing out, you know, and I talk to other people about what they remember of, of Whitney Houston. And one of the things, unique things that she did during the show was that, you know, she wasn't like other artists where they would play exactly how she sounded on album. She would do a lot of improvisation. So, what is in essence of what you got was every show you went to to see her was a unique show every show wasn't the same she kind of switched things up and you know as she got more popular um her shows got bigger and bigger and bigger you know as far as the production value but early on she kept it stripped down you know uh, circling around so she wanted everybody to kind of see her and be able to you know interact and as you'll hear on on the uh you know or you heard in the the intro you know she she was real, you know? I mean, she interacted with her, with her fans. And, you know, it's interesting to see some of these other artists who are influenced by her, you know, the Christina Aguilera's, the Adele's, um, you know, just some of these artists. Alicia uh, Keys. Uh, but, right, Alicia, Alicia Keys. You know, do they do that, you know, are they tapping into that same ability to be real, be vulnerable, you know, on, on stage? Because obviously the, the flip side of, of Whitney Houston was that she was, you know, she's struggling, you know, she had lots of, you know, deep personal issues and things like that, and I think that played a large part of what made her performances so powerful, you know, we, we've seen that a lot in shows, right, where these artists that struggle emotionally or, or with drugs or things like that, that there's that element that it, it in a way, it makes their show more, um, more dynamic, you know, I don't know why that is, but I just, you, you, you see that. So you kind of take the good with the bad, I guess, you know, as a, as a fan, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's uh, interesting things, uh, you know, the, to, to think about. So uh, we're going to continue to follow this too because we're, we want to hear your guys' stories. We have a lot of, uh, there's a whole list of tweets that we, that we posted uh, on the blog in the last... Uh, if you've seen her in concert, you know, please shoot yeah, us an email. Yeah. We'd love to hear... Um, you know, what you guys, how the concert changed you or, or just was a, a fun experience. We, we'd like to, to hear from you. Yeah. Love, love to hear the stories. I mean, that, that's, you know, as sad as it was, one of the things that kind of made me smile last night and, you know, in the midst of thinking of all of these sad things was 
the the expressions of the fans, you know, and being able to see that kind of unfold, you know, uh, and, and you know, just kind of go down my stream on Twitter and see how, you know, people were pulling different pieces from their from their life, and interesting to see what role, you know, what what, you know, pivotal moments Whit- seeing Whitney Houston live played in the, you know in in other concert fans lives it's pretty pretty cool stuff so check that out and definitely we, we want to hear your guys' stories we want to hear how uh what what role Whitney Houston played in your guys lives or you know other artists who were similar to her you know what it was like for you guys to to experience you know these artists live um so yeah so next uh next news piece so usually around this time of the year you know you go from Everybody doing their year-end list, you know, in January, all that kind of stuff. And then what comes next is you go from the Super Bowl to the Grammys and then South by Southwest, and it's pretty much a mad, you know, you get all the summer music festivals. We'll, we'll be talking about summer music festivals before we know it. But we're in that, you know, that uh, really just trade-off time. It's kind of a crazy time where you, you, you go from, oh, oh, then the Oscars. That's what I forgot. We're, we have the, the Oscars come, you know, it's like a three three-month thing, but but um, we want to talk about the, the Super Bowl halftime show, because I know... Uh, what Super Bowl halftime show? What are you talking about, Super Bowl halftime show? What do you mean? Well, I don't you, know. You love, was... you love Madonna. I love Madonna, but you, I You was... play Madonna all the time. Yes. You know? have, you ever, have you ever seen Madonna live before? I've not, no. You haven't, okay. But I, for some reason, I didn't feel like it was her best show. Yeah. I thought she could she could have done a little bit better. I think she needed to ditch the the heels. The heels. I think she could have you been like the whole Egyptian the guys carrying her in Cleopatra no, I don't know. sun I just god didn't, thing. No, no I didn't you get weren't it. feeling that. I wasn't feeling it. Are you gonna get her album when it comes out in a couple weeks? Uh, I don't know. It might be. Yes, I may. Yeah. It might be a one I'll get from a friend or something, but it's possible. You gonna, will, you gonna pay for it, or maybe you download it, or are you gonna I, get it other other I, means? I'm, I will try. I'm going to pay for it. Wow. All right. I want to support Madonna. I think that she's, you know, she's getting, you know, she's she's done her time, and I think she deserves me to buy her her album. Wow, thank you. Putting her time in, and she's one of the only icons left. I mean, they're dying off, you know. But one of the things about this this Super Bowl halftime show, you know, we've talked about the Super Bowl halftime show many many times before. You know, it's 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 twelve minutes, and. What we focused on this year was the other part of the fact that it's free. Madonna doesn't get a dime for performing, which puts an you know puts an interesting twist on the whole performance itself. Reason being is that even though it's free, there's still value in the you know they, there's all these things we, we, we. So no one pays her to perform. No one pays her anything, but. There is certain value in having that 12-minute slot. So, you know, it's like before we started doing, you know, like everybody's doing free work. A lot of people are doing free work on the internet, right? You do, you do free promotion. You know, no, you know, nothing is really free. I mean, really, really, really comes down to it. But when it come, when, when you're talking about the fact that Madonna grossed all this, you know, millions of dollars on her tour, people paid money to see her on her tour. Nobody paid to see her 12-minute show, necessarily, right? I mean, people paid for a Super Bowl halftime, for, for a Super Bowl ticket. Was that, you know, lumped in there? Maybe. Did, did, you know, did Bridgestone put that in there and, you know, 
factor it into the costs or whatever? Probably. But Madonna didn't get a dime. She didn't get paid. But that's... But not with money. She may have gotten... Yeah, there's, uh, there's you know, millions or... of dollars. Uh, I think it was like $84 million or something uh, value on, on that slot. Which is kind of, which I want to make this make this point because the Super Bowl halftime show is is notoriously bad. Like it's just this hodgepodge of you know stuff that's going on. And if it's free, we should be experimenting more with it because it's not just it should not just be a time to have this hodgepodge thrown together record release party because that's essentially what it was she's promoting her you know mdma uh new album coming out you get lmfao over there you got ma you know mia flipping everybody off and you got CeeLo trying to squeeze himself in there again you know all this kind of stuff and i'm th- i'm sitting here thinking i'm watching this thing i'm like where are the fans in this like what 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 benefit did the fans get you know for this kind of stuff and if this show is free why not experiment with it you know, we got all these social technologies. We have, you know, these social media tools, like, you know, Google Plus, all this other kind of stuff. You look at a tool like Google, and but maybe it's too that's much money. Free. Maybe that's too much. I mean, I know that that's do you, free. Do you to... pay? Do you do you pay to search the internet on Google? No, I don't. But they're wireless, cost money. Yeah, but what if Google? You know, I mean, for the first time last, I believe last year was the first time that they actually paid money to advertise. You know, an internet company paying money to advertise on TV during the Super Bowl. Kind of a weird thing, but they did that. So why not go another step forward? They got Google Plus. They got to promote it. They got to do this, you know, the, the Hangouts. We're, I've been loving the, the Google Plus Hangouts. Connecting with fans and seeing how other bands are doing that. Why not have a massive Hangout? Why maybe, not? The, maybe the Super Bowl needs to call you next year for some ideas. Nah, nah I, I, they can if they want. But these are just... These are just free ideas. I'm not charging anybody for these ideas. This is free because the th- the cool thing about free is that it 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 opens up. Well, I do think it'd be creativity. cool if you could interact with people at home and on you know and, and people that are in the stadium like at the same time like interacting because there were so many millions of people that watched the Super Bowl. Right. So if there was a way that you could like interact with people at home and people in the stadium and, and have have a massive or... have a massive hangout. We got this artist her name is Daria Daria Musk and she is doing she does she does this like 7 hour hangout concert, you know? So why don't you take that? Why don't you take how people are engaged, you know, the the concept of the second screen. Do you know what that is, Colleen? The the yeah. the, the second screen means that, you know, people got their TVs and 90% of people, well, 90, 90%, I just made that percentage up, but most of us have our laptop, laptops open, you know, while we're watching TV as well. So this is, this year was the first time that the Super Bowl was live streamed on the internet. So I think next year is take it the next step forward, get Google in there, get some Hangouts going and make it even more interactive because if fans are having a really awesome interactive experience during the Super Bowl halftime show, you got your brand. You got all these things kind of coming together. People will associate that, and the fans win, the brands win, and whoever, whatever artist is taking part in that experience, they win too. So it's not just this like thing that people talk about for, for you know a couple minutes or whatever, and then you know they you know they forget about it. But it's it's something where we need to be more experimental, basically, with with the live you know the Super Bowl halftime show. Because if it's free. 
Why, why do what we've always done? Do something different. You know, like, why don't you, there, there was a guy, uh, uh, Jason Pollock. Uh, he is a, a movie maker. He made a, a, a movie called um, The Young Candidate. And he posted something on Facebook, and I think it was a really great idea. He basically said, why don't, why don't we do a, a YouTube contest, allow the fans to vote for which artist they want to have perform at the Super Bowl halftime show? Because if the thing's free, why not let the fans do it? And that the fans are coming to see who they've voted in. So you got more eyeballs, you got more people coming into it, got people interacting, and you just, you know, there's just so much more that they could do with it instead of having Madonna come on there, whoever, you know, some other, you know, artist that's like... Well, that's some good ideas. We'll have to, yeah. we'll have to talk about that further. We, we should. We should. So we're going to have different... Um, different experiments uh with with that so let me know what you guys think um about all these interesting topics so but that is about that that does it for our news segments we're gonna go play some more um whitney houston because it's that's that's the right thing to do it is i mean you've got to honor the legend right whitney houston. we have to when we come back we're going to talk about love and live music Yeah, Whitney Houston was a pretty, pretty amazing performer. I bet a lot of people fell in love during her shows. And what, what do you? Um, I bet. I mean, I bet she definitely sets the mood. Totally, totally. I'm kind of in a, I'm in a loving mood right now. I think it's. She kind of has that soul 
um, sort of feel to her that, you know, like Al Green and yeah, and some of uh, Supremes and some of those people that just could take you to that, that place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Speaking Mavis about... Staples. Oh, yeah. Mavis Staples, you, you know, and... I'll take you there. Yeah. She'll, she takes you there. Yeah, Whitney so. Houston definitely takes you takes you there. You know, it's uh, it's a great, great, great thing. I was just having a totally random thought about maybe, well, there's that clip about uh, President Obama singing Al Green on the the stage at the Apollo. I I, I wonder if he's a Whitney Houston fan. Well, know? actually, Whitney Houston's video "I Will Always Love You" was filmed at the Apollo. Oh. Actually, she was. She sits on the chair on stage by herself at the Apollo. There's no audience. Hmm. So I don't know if you, know if you remember that video, but that's actually I do, yeah. at the Apollo. Wow. Way to pull out the facts, man. History. See, so you are the history person they here. All, they right? all connect. Yes. They all connect. Awesome. So. so, all right. So we're talking about love, everybody. You know, and it wouldn't be right if we didn't get a little personal here. You know, and say, hey, you know. What's love got to do with it? <laughs> well, that's Tina Turner, right? You're talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. What's love got to do with it, right? Yeah. What does love and, and music have to do with each other? And what does love and concerts have to do with each other? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we want to, you know, share a little bit of our story with you guys. Uh, you know, if that's, that's all right. We actually... Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. We're not going to go on and on. Pff, we want to bore you. What the heck, right? But uh, we actually met at a concert. Um, long story short, it took about four different times for Colleen and I... We didn't officially meet eyes at a concert, though. We actually got a little more serious at a show. Right, right. Maybe on a, on a, on a future show, we'll, we'll share with you guys a little bit more of the details on that, because it's a pretty interesting story. Um, but nonetheless, live music played a huge role in our relationship before we started dating because it took another time after that time we met each other at the concert to finally get things going and that's why we want to give you guys you know some you know some tips you know if you're looking to you know to hook up at a concert you know if you're looking to get more love out of your live music experience this is the show this is the time we want to do it you know get your chocolates get your uh you know bottle of wine or sparkling grape juice or whatever you want to do whatever helps you get in the mood you know turn on the l green turn on the whitney houston whatever you got to do we're going to take you through some tips here so the first thing that we're going to we're going to talk about i found a really cool study yes okay and a professor named arthur aaron mm -hmm. okay he arthur aaron yes he did okay. a study okay and during this study, he um, he was trying to see if people could random people could fall in love. Hmm. You know, if he could get enough people. Random it was, love. It was a controlled study. Is, is love random? Well, some guy, people don't believe that. He was, he was testing this theory. But he he was testing if if we people could hook up or uh, become. Uh, intimate i guess you should say without without really knowing each other before they met are we talking so, emotionally intimate sexually emotionally, intimate you know no I mean, not sex, sexually more just relation because be, starting relationship right okay okay sharing intimate details so, not necessarily being physically intimate right right 
So what he did is he had strangers, complete strangers, meet each other. So they, they, they never they met just, before. They never at met all. before. Not, nothing. Just they wow. never met before. Hmm. And what he did is he had them reveal to each other intimate details about their lives for half an hour. So they sat there. They talked half about hour. really intense things about their lives. Okay. Okay. And then after that, he made them stare deeply into each other's eyes without talking for four minutes. Hmm. And out of this study... So eye contact. We're saying eye contact is... Is huge. Uh, ...was a big part of what he was doing. Okay. Right. All right. And many of the couples found felt deeply attracted after 34 minutes of the experiment. So hmm. after they were 34 minutes in, there was a lot of them that said, wow, I'm feeling very comfortable, very close with this person. So these people went over the time? Because he said half an hour, so Well, 34 is the half hour and then the four minutes staring oh, gotcha. at each other. Okay, gotcha. I'm with you now. So, they, so after th- 34 minutes, so, uh, but two of the subjects in the study... This is, actually, where, this is where it gets interesting. ...actually got married. Really? Wow. Actually got married. So, and he's done numerous, numerous types of research. I mean, you could Google him and find all kinds of stuff. Um, again, Not, that's Professor Arthur Aaron. He actually works at the State University of New York. Um, and he's done a lot of different studies about int- intimacy and and how to develop relationship and um Actually, it's kind of interesting because it appears that uh, eHarmony has used some of his research. Really? To kind of talk about their, you know, kind of their approach. Well, the thing is, is that I love these kind of studies. And, you know, there's great books out there. Like, you know, to prepare for the show, we read books like This Is Your Brain on Music by Daniel Levitin and Natural History of the Senses, Diane Ackerman. All these books, and there's a whole bunch of other. We'll have some links to uh, some more good good reading on on how the brain works because love happens in the brain. And one of the things about a lot of these books is that they don't, you know, all these are done in, you know, non-live music settings. And what we'd like to do um, is see what you know what would happen if we did this in a live music setting. You know what what would happen if you know, would it, it work? Yeah. I would, mean, would you have the same? Loud. Would you have the same results? You know, right. it's loud. I, I mean, would say it's always that intimate because there's music and there's a lot of people there. Yeah. Yeah. What about the sound of that? You know, if you're just staring at each other, you know, is it, you know, the mood? You know, is it the is the music making you feel a certain way? Like those are the things I'd love to play around with and see what kind of variables would lead people to you know, to that, to that next step. And that's, and that's kind of what we're, that's kind of they what we're say, headed. Uh, psychologists say that it, it takes between 90 seconds and four minutes to decide if you like someone. Really? If you're attracted to someone. That 90 person. seconds and four to, minutes. To four minutes. To, to four, to four 90 minutes. 90 seconds to four minutes. In between that range, you, you'll know. So within five minutes, let's say if you round it up, you should know if you like this person. Hmm. So the psychologists say. And 55% of how you see if you like someone is through body language. Yeah. So that's something that you you glance around the concert hall and that's, I mean, you could become attracted to someone just that in that way. Right, right. Um, and then 38% is the tone and speed of their voice, hmm. which you, that would probably be a little bit harder to, to have at a concert unless you actually approach them. Right. 
and then seven percent is through the the way uh, through what they say. So that one isn't even as I mean that's not as high on the scale as far as like what they say. It's more of how they're acting, right. how they sound, how their voice is. Yeah, because the real question of, of of this, you know, in a live music context, is does live music bring more people together, or because of all the things going on, you know, um, that experiment with with uh, you know, Dr. Aaron Aaron was, you know, in a pretty controlled environment. Yeah, you know, what what it sounds like, you know. Again, maybe some of the details will show otherwise, but but with a live music situation, you have you know you got people yelling and screaming, you got, you know, you got drugs, you got alcohol, you got all different types of things people are going, you know, going and doing, people are, you know, dressing up, wearing costumes, all these types of things. And I think we should totally experiment with that. So if, if you guys want to um, participate in, in, in such an experiment, um, give us a buzz. We have a, we have a concert fan hot, well, I fix, uh, hotline. Give us a buzz at 773-609-4341. Leave us a message, you know, and let us know what you guys think about this whole topic. Or if you've met at a concert. Yeah. And, you know, these things existed for you. You saw each other across the room. You went and started talking to each other. You hung out afterwards, you know. I I would love to hear how many people really met at a concert and are still together. Yeah. Yeah. We we got some stories here. So we're uh, we're, we're going to keep moving on here. We have... Uh, some tips, because in the you know in in researching this whole thing, it's like, what you know are there actual tangible things? And, and uh, a little bit on the humor side, there is actually, um, and it's a, it's a help. If you know, it's a very helpful site, but um, nonetheless, it's it's pretty you know pretty funny. So if you go to ehow.com, there's actually instructions. Um, and this, I guess this is let, let me back up a little bit. You know, there's different steps that you can take. So if you're, you know, if you're you're at the end of uh, Dr. Aaron's experiment, and you're like, yeah, this is the person. You know, it's like after that fourth time, you know, that Colin and I got together, whatever. You know, we entered the dating stage. You know, and after that, those two couples, they found, hey, you know, I, I really like each. You know, we, we like each other. We we love each other. You know, we're we're moving on. So if your relationship gets to a certain stage, Ehow actually has some some tips to walk you through that this uh, you know the proposal stage. So guys, this this part of the show is mainly for the guys. Again, girls, I I don't know what the ratio is of marriages is out there. Is this for proposing in general, or is it at concerts proposing? No, this is probably proposed at a concert. Oh, at a concert. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this is specific because we're we're talking about live music here. So. This is just not your ordinary proposal because there's lots of examples. And if you YouTube, believe it or not, there's a lot of people who propose at concerts. Oh, this happens all the time. Yeah. It's it's really, really fascinating to So someone to actually look at. wrote a how to Yeah. So let me uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read from this uh, Please just because do so. I wanna hear this. It, it, it's really funny. Check this out. So you got the first, step number one. Take a look at the schedule of your favorite clubs or venues. Find a night that a band she likes Again, you know, this is assuming that the person proposing is male, right? That's just the culture we live in. Girls can still propose, right? Sure, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Just making sure, because sure. this, this, this thing assumes that it's the guys doing the proposing, but in any case. And they're same-sex marriages now. Exactly. So it could be a guy-guy, it could be girl-girl. I mean, we could have all kinds of combinations. Yeah. 
So you got concert fans, for, you know, for Some people for marry everywhere. animals. So, you know, it's possible it could be some... Wow, you just took the show in, like, a totally <laughs> different way. <laughs> well, this show is not about loving animals. No, no, but I'm just saying. Hypothetically, uh, you know, there's a lot of people... There's a lot of types of proposals. Okay. Step number two on the e-how guide <laughs> is make sure that she's able to go to the show, buy tickets, and keep the date clear in your calendar. So they they, they want to tell you, make sure you don't double book yourself, you know, and... And if you're a player, you know, if you're, and there's guys out there that do this, you know, if you're, you're somebody who likes to have multiple, you know, girls and doing different things and working that, that make sure you don't schedule the proposal on the same night. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to do that, that's what eHow is, is, is making sure you do I think it would that. be important too, to like check with maybe like family or friends yeah. that maybe could be at the show too. So make sure their schedule is free as well. You know, they don't mention that in this this thing. They don't say anything about the family, you know? We've or been, friends. Yeah, or, or friends. They don't say anything. It's all assuming that it's just going to be you two. But it's never just the couple. There's always people around them that, I mean, that'd be really know? cool at the Metro in Chicago, for instance. Oh, yeah. You, you know, you propose there and all your friends are up in the balcony hiding. I yeah. mean, that, that's kind of a cool idea. A cool, absolutely. cool concept. Yeah. So step three, they say, make a plan. If you know someone in the band, see about getting in touch with him or her to see if they'd be willing to make the proposal from stage. If you don't, talk to managers at the club or the band's management to see if they could get... Uh, help you get the band help you get the band to participate in the proposal. So I would think you'd have to have interesting some money suggestions. Too. I mean, I think if you kind of threw around a couple of bucks, yeah, you I might mean, be you, able to you gotta buy grease, some time. Yeah, you got to grease the wheels here. I mean, there's no getting around that. You know, we had our our I I I bet our our friend uh, Eric Kolke would would have some great suggestions on this because you know he he knows how to get. Get shows going, and I and I bet he knows how he would know how to you know pull off a proposal like this. So go ahead and you know check out that last that last show for some for some different tips. But this whole e how thing is kind of interesting because the fourth step it says once you know that the band is on board, plan the song dedication that you love them to give and get it to them. That's the hardest part, picking that one song. You know, I mean, it, this is pretty complex. What if what what if you're at a I mean, show at a band that you know it's? I, I guess I guess a large part you know a lot of this depends on bands that are you going to a show that she likes? Are you going to a show that you like? Obviously, it's going to be one that she likes. But you know, how, how do you I mean, man, how do you, you pick that the one band, song like, really on board? Yeah. What if the band so, screws up the song? You know, right? What if you pick a band that doesn't? You know. They don't know that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So all these all these different uh, things that 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 could go wrong, you know, at a <laughs> at a show, right? It's kind of uh, interesting that there's a whole sh- you know tips to help you walk walk through that. So what else uh, we we have here? We have some some different stories for uh, yeah, I mean for us, right? Apparently, you've got some history story about Woodstock. Oh, oh yeah. There's yeah, actually yeah. a couple that met. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why you're looking at me at right? Woodstock. Right. And they are. 
Now yes. married. Yes. How? Well, they didn't meet at Woodstock. They went to Woodstock together. Yes, 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 yes. There, there's a the, famous, the, the, iconic the, photo. Yes, there's this iconic photo of the couple standing, you know, on the hill at Woodstock. And we and, can post that on our blog. Yes, we will definitely post this on, on, on livefixblog.com where you guys can scope this out. Absolutely. And one of the things that, uh, well, this, this picture is uh, of them uh, embracing their, you know, their, they have a blanket draped around them, you know, blankets covered in mud, and this couple, and their names are uh, Bobby and Nick Ergoline, hope I'm saying their name correctly, they met at Woodstock, they, they, were, they weren't uh, married or anything like that at the actual festival, but eventually two years later, they got married. So they actually met at the festival? Yeah. They, they didn't they, go together? No, they did go, they did. They did walk together. Yeah, so they, 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 they actually went they went there and had this shared experience, and and that was... And their love grew from there. Yeah. And they got married. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So love can happen at a show. Or love not only can happen at a show, but could grow at a show. So you could actually become more in love with each other through music. Or yeah. Through well, a how, festival. Yeah. How would that... I mean, you're, I you're, mean, you're I the... Would, I would feel that way. I mean, I, I'm from my personal, my own personal experience. Right. We've been to a lot of live music festivals where you camp. Right. We've grown a little bit to appreciate each other, appreciate each other more and more each time we went to those shows. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've yeah. had uh, someone try to sneak into our tent. Yep. We've had uh, rain. We've had uh, crazy things happening. I don't even know what's happening our, outside of our tent. Right. Like one time it was so cold we slept in our car. Right. So we've we've kind of grown to love each other more because of these experiences. Yeah, it's kind of it's it does make you think more about you know what the live music experience and especially you know it it's uh, it's it's one thing to happen at a venue you know one venue but when you put love into the context of a a music festival. I mean, there's all types of things going on. I mean, you're like you said, you're camping, you're doing these living together type of, you know, behaviors, you know, and it just it, it fosters that type of uh, relationship. So it's um, it takes things to the to the next level. And with the music festivals being more and more popular, you know, more economically feasible, people are planning their entire year. I mean, once Bonnaroo is done. People are putting money away to save for the next year right after the next day. And it's day. not just one it's day. Big. So it's you big. can really meet like a whole new group of friends. You can meet a new boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean, because it's not just one day, one show. It's like it's it's a weekend or it's a love fest. You go for I mean, yeah. It's love. So you definitely can meet all kinds of people. Right. You have the time to. So um so yep, yeah, and and the There's la- lots and lots of possibilities for love right. at a music festival. Absolutely. I mean, hands down. I mean we see it. You know, there's a, there's a really funny book um, that is um, one of my favorites about concert characters. And it talks about, it's called No, no Air Guitar Allowed. And in there, there's a, there's a book, there's a, a stories about different types of love and people who, you know, make out at concerts. You know, who are, you know, maybe those type of people are a little bit annoying to you, you know. So you see all types of different characters. Everybody's kind of getting getting love in different ways, you know, from the show. You got love from the band to the fan. You have fans falling in love with each other. 
And then you have fans loving to do certain things, you know, at the show. You know, we you know, love, I don't know, it, it, there's just it, there's a lot, lots of possibilities for love. But have people actually gotten married at a well, concert ac- before? Well, actually. I mean, that's what I want. I mean, honestly. Possibly, can yeah. You, can you do it? it? It's very possible. Can you tie the knot? But I will say that I found a story that's not quite like that. But of a couple who actually, their wedding was a concert festival. Really? Their actually wedding. Why didn't we think of that? Festival. Why didn't so, we think of that? I, you know, I don't know. We were. I guess we weren't just as creative, you know, as this, this couple. Maybe but. we could. Maybe we could renew. We actually, you know, people were like renew their vows or whatever. Maybe we could do that. We could rent. Uh, what What these people did is they rented a camping grounds um, that in Upper Michigan. Okay, and they, this Teresa and Anderson, they call it, and they called it the Love Fest 2010, okay? And it was actually a camping music festival wedding. So they had stages there, they had campgrounds, they had, hmm. um, you know, obviously they had food, they had bands that went on all night. I mean, they just had what a festival would have for the wedding. Right. And their guests got to experience all that. And if you go to offbeatbride.com, hmm. the story is, is featured on their, their website. And, I mean, it's just amazing what uh, these people did to create that. I mean, they had stages. They gave, um, I don't know, all the tables were picks that said <laughs> Love Fest 2010 Anderson, um, it, it, their names, basically, and the date. So those are the favors. Wow. So people are recreating. So that couple just completely designed their entire wedding experience around the concert experience. Uh, I guess inspired by music. that and just went the went the whole. They had way. That's fire awesome. dancers wow. and a bonfire. Wow. Um, they had a photo booth. Uh, <laughs> they had um, hay rides. Did it say how much it cost? They did not. Ah, they did not go into that's details the big of how much it cost. I wonder if it's cheaper to do it that way. It, it may. It may be. They also had a golf cart take them away. Mm. Like a nice, fancy golf cart. <laughs> fancy golf away. cart. Mm-hmm. Huh? Um, just like concerts, you know, when they go backstage. Then all of the individuals that were there actually got, like, um, uh, like got those lanyards. Mm. Like the backstage lanyards. <laughs> now, that they have different lanyards for different people? Because I know one of the things that that is annoying to me it shows is that there's different there's a hierarchy there's a social class system that um yeah it shows you know there's if you have a red lanyard uh you can only go so far you know and then there's the artist and there's the press and then there's all these different little right subcultures I, they uh, do have you know. that but did I mean, they do that to the, to the wedding guests i hope not they did that's, not that's terrible they did not um good they also had there's no was, there's no love in that right right um, they also, actually it was, if you guys are interested, if anyone is listening is interested, they actually rented Bessie River Canoe and Campground. Oh. So I don't know if there's other Where's campgrounds. Where's that? In Michigan? That's in upstate Michigan, Up to, yeah. Upstate Michigan. Upstate Michigan. That, Upper that, Michigan. That area of the country seems to be pretty pretty open, and I, they like to test and really embrace the live music festival. Because in that same spot, that, that area is where uh, Rothbury, um, one of our favorite festivals that we've been to, um, is no longer in existence now kind of morphed into the electric force festival but um, 
very experimental part of the country. And there's pictures, you know, if you get a chance to go on, like I said, this website, Offbeat Bride, um, you can, dot com, you can actually see the photos. Huh. Awesome. So, but do people actually get married at a festival? And the answer to that question is yes. There was a couple this past year, um, they got married at, uh, at, at Bonnaroo. They tied the knot at Bonnaroo. When I heard about this, I was, I was really amazed. And we'll have a video posted to, you know, on, on the blog so you guys can, you guys can see this. It's, it's really, really amazing. And, um, we're working to get them on the show because we want to know more about what their experience was because love and live music, it's, um, it's some powerful stuff, you know? I think this is really something that uh, we have to explore some more because I think we're just starting to understand what, what love really means within the live music experience. I mean, we know so little about the human brain and so little about what makes us do certain things, let alone what happens during a live concert experience. And when you're talking about love, love is some, yeah, it's some powerful stuff, you know? I mean, and I think that um, getting married at a, at a festival, I, I really wonder what that, what that would do to, to a relationship. You know, would that... Um, I don't know, what do you what, what do you think about that? I mean, that's kind of no all the places that you could get married, you choose to get married at a you know at a at a concert. You know, I, again, I think it depends on who's there. Hmm. You know, I think it depends on do you have friends there? Do you have some people to to enjoy the experience with you? You know, I think a, a, another person who's going to the festival may not really appreciate that. I think you have to. You know, make sure that you've got some friends and family that are there and enjoying the experience with you. I think that would be fun. You got your bands there. You, I mean, um, you know, you, you've got the whole weekend, hopefully, to enjoy that, enjoy the people you're with. I would say, though, if uh, you're getting married at a concert uh, festival, mm -hmm. I would say get a, rent an RV. An RV. Or use or borrow someone's RV. You wouldn't do the tent thing. I don't think I'd do the tent thing. It just seems like it's kind of, it, it gets pretty dirty. You know, at least you'd have your shower and you'd be able to keep track of your dress and <laughs> all those little things that you, know, you should should think about. Yeah, I think that's cool. So if you guys are, uh, you know, any of you guys out there that are that are listening here and you're, you know, you're thinking about it, you're in a relationship and you're like, wow, you know, I hope, I wonder if he's going to propose at the next concert we go to. You know, or hmm, you know, could we get married at a at a show? You know, at a at a venue. Um, it 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 could happen. I mean, this is these are the stories that we're telling you guys, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's Valentine's Day, and you know, anything is anything is possible. So whether it's you know, I don't know, chocolates or you know, an awesome epiphany at a at a show. You know, you guys are holding hands or. You know, you start to embrace one another and, I don't know, what sparks start to fly and bam, the next thing you know, you're, you're falling in love and it's at a show, man. I mean, pretty, pretty cool stuff, you know? So that's, uh, that's about it. I mean, we have, we have a lot more to do, but uh, we're not going to do that during this show. You know, we've, we've been to some cool, cool shows in the last uh, few weeks. I uh, just want to give a really quick shout out 
to um, uh, the guys from uh, Midnight Conspiracy. We saw them at Lincoln Hall last um, last few weeks. We had some really cool conversations with fans waiting outside. I mean, the, the show eventually sold out, and fans had to walk away without being able to get in. Um, but before we got in there, you know, I had some really cool conversations with the band, or I'm sorry, with, with the fans, you know, about some shows that went on there. And um, we're going to be talking with the band, and we're going to be talking about um, their magnificent 16-foot eye, um, electronic LED art installation thing that they mix into their to their um, house techno Which dance awesome. dub, uh, dubstep show yeah so we have um, it filled all of Lincoln Hall I mean it just filled the whole yeah. venue and the, acoustic, the acoustics in that place are awesome so it was it was a really first dance show that I ever you know dance music show I ever saw at Lincoln Hall was uh, with these guys so it was um, pretty pretty cool so we're going to be we're going to be talking with them a little bit more about this whole eye thing and everything we'll have some links on the blog so you guys can Check out the review and then look forward to talking with them. But uh, that about does it, guys. Ladies and gentlemen. So I hope you learned something new today. You know, and I we, hope we love you guys. We love you. Meet, love, or experience love at a live show. Yes. That, your is, next, my, your... that is my wish for everyone that listens to this podcast. I, I agree. I agree. So go to livefixblog.com. Uh, we love you guys. Again, we want to hear your stories. Love stories. Whatever kind of stories. Anything about live music, call us at 773-609-4341. Follow us on Twitter at LiveFixMedia. Drop us a comment on the LiveFix Google Plus page on Facebook. Get social with us. Show us how much you love us. And and just give us all the loving, and we will give you all the loving right back. Thanks, and we'll see you on the next show.